0: Welcome to Woody Online. Thank you for tuning in to one of our pre-recorded services. Our community is based in Cardiff and we meet every Sunday at 10:30 a.m. If you're ever in the area we'd love to see you there. We hope you enjoy this week's message and that it inspires and blesses you. Good morning everyone, my name is Annabelle and I'm one of the leaders at Woody. I'm continuing our study of James which Pastor Josh started over the last couple of weeks and today we're looking at James chapter one verses 9 to 11. So let's pray and then we'll read. Father, please help us to hear your word and to apply it to our lives. Give us understanding and wisdom. Amen. So it says, believers in humble circumstances ought to take pride in their high position, but the rich should take pride in their humiliation, since they will pass away like a wild flower. For the sun rises with scorching heat and withers the plant. Its blossom falls and the beauty is destroyed. In the same way, the rich will fade away even while they go about their business. Now, this is a short portion and accordingly, this message will be quite short. But please don't feel hard done by in that. Rather, in the spirit of the book of James, remember that it's not about notching up listening time, but rather whether and how you then apply the word that's important. So last week, Josh was talking about the preceding verses relating to trials that we go through and considering them joy. And this follows on from that, but it's specifically relating to wealth and the trials of having or not having wealth. It is a bit of a tricky passage, so let's unpack it a bit first. So firstly, let's note that verse one talks about believers in humble circumstances. So we're definitely talking about people in the church. Humble circumstances could mean things like status, but the following verses make it clear that it's talking about wealth here. The church of Jerusalem was poor. There was no middle class back then. You were either rich or poor. And these guys were persecuted and therefore they were poor. Now, whether the rich person in verse 10 is part of the church or not is unclear. It doesn't refer to them as a believer and there are differing opinions in the commentaries. Perhaps it's ambiguous because there probably weren't a lot of rich Christians then, but there are now, and the word continues to speak to us today. I don't know, but I will try to consider it from both angles. But before we go any further, let's just think, are you rich or are you poor? We can probably all think of people better off and worse off than ourselves. But I would say that the majority of us, compared to the world standard, are rich. Let's bear that in mind as we continue. Then the end of the little passage, verse 11, is a quite a poetic description of transience. In Palestine, it was common to have a beautiful bloom of flowers that then fell and withered really quickly in the heat. So this will have been quite a familiar picture to them. So on first reading of the passage, what feels the most incongruous to me is all this talk about taking pride. Surely we aren't supposed to be proud. Well, this isn't quite the same emphasis. It's not really talking about arrogant pride that we're warned against elsewhere. For example, when it says pride comes before a fall in Proverbs, but rather it can be translated as boast about, as in when we boast in Christ or even rejoice and be glad in. And what we see is that James is saying that both the rich and the poor can rejoice, be glad, boast, or be proud about their position. It's for different reasons, but we are all able to take pride in our financial position one way or another. If you're poor, you can take pride in the fact that you have a high position. If you're rich, you can take pride in your humiliation Now more on what both of those might mean in a minute but it's worth stating here that we are all sinners saved by grace and it's quite freeing really to hear that our wealth position is in many ways irrelevant. It doesn't matter whether we're rich or poor, we all stand before Jesus needing saving. Money is not the God of us, Jesus is. But what does it mean? What's it talking about? If you're poor, you have a high position. Well, we see throughout Jesus' teaching that the kingdom is a topsy-turvy one. He tells us that the last shall be first and the first shall be last. I'm also reminded of the story of poor Lazarus, who was taken to an exalted place in heaven after his death. In actuality, we all hold a high position by grace if we're believers. Romans 8, verse 17 says, Now, if we are children, i.e., children of God, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. But the poor do have a special place in God's heart. He continually tells us throughout Old and New Testament to speak for them, defend them, and look after them. And of course, Jesus himself was poor. He didn't have a a house, possessions to speak of. And there are various parables as well where Jesus reminds us that those seated at the bottom of the table or even those without an invite to the table will be exalted and invited into his kingdom. And this is, of course, the opposite of how the world thinks. Our Western world, at least, is obsessed with money and how to get rich or how to look rich. But with the cost of living crisis upon us quite a few of us may well be feeling rather stretched or even genuinely finding it hard to make ends meet and i don't want to make light of that but what this passage invites us to do if we're in that place is to take an eternal perspective on those trials no one is denying that it is a trial poverty is a trial struggling to make ends meet is a trial but we are looked we are called to look at it in a topsy-turvy way, like Josh spoke about last week, finding joy. One preacher put it like this, the ability for a poor Christian to declare that they are in fact the child of the King with riches beyond imagining and to truly mean it is evidence that they are trusting the Father in that moment. When we as believers are consumed with sorrow and regret and envy and despair, Because of our limited resources, we show that we are not convinced in the reality of our God and our place with Him in eternity. So, the believer of humble means should take pride in his high position. But let's look at the rich person then. What about them? How are they humiliated? It sounds quite harsh. Let's first consider that the passage is talking about rich people themselves fading away while they go about their business. That seems to be what it's saying. This is a reminder that none of us knows what tomorrow holds. None of us knows the hour that Jesus will return. It's a warning that all things will pass and we must be building up eternal riches, not earthly ones. But some argue that the passage can't be saying for unbelievers to take pride in their falling and so conclude that it's talking about rich believers whose wealth rather than themselves is transient. Well, there's a warning here for those who are rich believers. We must not trust in our riches, for they will not last. However, our place with God is eternal. Okay, so the fact that wealth is transient should lead us to take pride, be glad, rejoice, but why? Well, there are a few reasons. One is that wealth is a snare. You cannot serve both God and money. Money can draw us into relying on that rather than God. As someone once said, the safest way to handle wealth is to give it away. So the fact that wealth is easily lost and transient is a good thing for our souls. A rich believer, understanding that their wealth is insecure, helps them to keep their priorities straight. Being rich in and of itself isn't an issue. Jesus had rich followers who helped to fund his ministry. But we must heed James if we are rich and live in the reality that our wealth is fleeting. We certainly can't take it with us when we die. And lastly, understanding that our wealth is transient reminds us that we are not superior to others. To me, it seems fairly arbitrary and unfair as to who ends up being rich and who doesn't. And eternally speaking, we are all sinners saved by grace. And whether we are rich or poor has no bearing on our standing before God. So perhaps a useful passage to tie together both viewpoints, whether we're talking about the rich person themselves uh, you know, fading away suddenly, or whether we're talking about the wealth itself, would be the parable of the rich fool. Then Jesus said to them, watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. And he told them this parable, the ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones, and there I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you've prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich towards God. That's really sobering, isn't it? It was the fact that the person was storing up for themselves, not being rich towards God, and then it can all disappear in the puff of smoke. So remembering that most of us probably count as rich, the challenge I'll leave you with is this. When was the last time that you really came to terms with the fact that your wealth is completely insecure and transient? It could all be gone tomorrow. When you come to terms with that, can you then be glad to have had that realisation, that humbling? And can you set your perspective on eternal things? And whether you're rich or poor, can you take the godly perspective and remember that none of us knows how long we have left on earth, and so wealth certainly doesn't matter. All that matters is our relationship with God. As Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 23 to 24 says, this is what the Lord says. Let not the wise boast of their wisdom, or the strong boast of their strength, or the rich boast of their riches. But let the one who boasts boast about this, that they have the understanding to know me, that I am the Lord who exercises kindness, justice and righteousness on earth. For in these I delight, declares the Lord. Let's pray. Father, I pray for each of us that that would be true of us, that we would boast in nothing other than our relationship with you. I pray that you would take the um, <coughs> excuse me, the words that I've spoken this morning and that you would challenge us uh, accordingly. For those who are feeling struggling with their money, that you would reassure them about what you have for them eternally and that you're with them. And for those who are feeling comfortable, that you would help us all to uh, be humble and remember that none of that lasts forever. In Jesus' name, Amen. If you want to discuss any of this further, then please do get in touch. And uh, we look forward to speaking, seeing you again soon. Have a good week. Thanks for tuning in to Woody Online. We hope this week's message has inspired and blessed you. If you're ever in Cardiff, we'd love to see you at one of our Sunday services at 10.30am. Don't forget to check the show notes below for our contact details. We'd love to hear from you. Be sure to tune in again next week for more inspiring content. We look forward to connecting with you soon.